The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to Saints History, told and experienced the way God intended it, with excessive amounts of alcohol and cursing. The booze is probably bourbon because... Their alcohols are for rich women on diets. Now, here's your Drunk Saints History host, who is... Bombed out of his gourd. Alright, that's the British lady, so you know what it is. It's time for another edition of Drunk Saints History. So I had my guy, Mike Mills, and people, if you are like, how did the audio get fixed on the podcast in the fall? Mike is the guy, alright, he sat with me while we got the audio fixed, and he helped me out, get it all sorted out, but me and him, we did, Mike, what what was the last one we did? I forgot the Drunk History we did earlier in the year, um... We we did we did the 2006 off season so that's right the, yeah basically that's the right. end of 05 and then yeah. going into 2006 we didn't do any of 2006 but we did the off season we did when the off season so so Mike was helping me fix the audio and we're old and we were talking about like just heartbreaking Saint seasons and 1983 came up and we're like. We talked about it for like 25 minutes. So we're like, we're doing the fucking drunk history on it. And I know, you're like, 1983, it's 35 years ago. Who cares? But man, it's like this this whole... 83 is like a convergence of everything. And if you know it and understand it, it sets up the more years later. It's the end of Archie. It's all these weird things going on. So 1983, right? They got Bum Phillips as the coach, Mike. And before we get into the game, let me, like, hey, hey, Rob, let me let me say one thing about about the younger fans. Like, and I'm, this is not me trying to knock younger Saints fans. You and I lived through generations of really, really, really bad Saints football. But then there's also this 1983, and I point, I always point to this year because to me, this was the first year I remember where there was a chance of them yeah. making the playoffs. Yeah, and they completely muffed it all yeah. the way. Up. And I, the last thing I want to say is I'm not going to get into <laughs> specifics, but for people who like criticize and think that bad things happen to the Saints today or even within the last Ooh, 10 years or even 20 years, you have no clue how bad it can actually be. 83, the actual games pack in about like five years of heartache that the Hazlitt years had. 1983 had it in 16 weeks. But before we get to the games, we got to lay it out. Okay, Baum became the coach in 81. The Saints in 1980 went 1-15. So Baum made his his legend in Houston, right? He had Earl Campbell, and everybody knows Earl Campbell. They had Love You Blue. So in 81, Baum is – the Saints, of course, are picking first, and Baum is like, do I take Lawrence Taylor or do I take George Rogers? And I know a lot of Saints fans are probably like, that was a fuck-up, but – LT, he liked to party and he liked to do cocaine. Mike, if the Saints had picked LT, he'd be dead. 
he wouldn't have made it out of New Orleans. He'd, he'd be dead. He wouldn't have made it to the Maury years to be good, and he'd have, died. he'd have died. Like, he'd have gone to Bourbon Street, and he'd have drank too much, and he'd have done coke, and he'd have had the hookers, and he'd be dead. And there would not be any Lawrence Taylor great all-time linebacker. He'd just be like a footnote in Saints history. And I know that's mean or whatever, but the Saints actually, when they picked George Rogers, it wasn't bad. So they picked George Rogers in 81, and they also had another first-round pick, but they used it in the supplemental draft to take Dave Wilson. And the 81 yep. draft was amazing. Like, they picked George Rogers, Ricky Jackson, Frank Warren, Hobie Brenner, Johnny Poe, who St. fans hated, but he was a pretty good corner and not a, you know, for, for a six-round pick was good. Hokey Gajon was in the 10th round. Jim Wilkes was in the 12th round. Like, if you're a, 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 a Saints fan of, like, our age, like, that's that's half the Mora defense. That was awesome from 87 to 92, right? Bum picked them all, and, like, he laid the foundation down there. And Hobie Brenner, like, for, for older uh, young Saints fans, Hobie Brenner, if if you were to put him in, like, this era, he was he could catch. He may yeah. not have had a speed and separation, but I guarantee you he could play on teams nowadays with the way offenses are run, and he'd have, you know, double, triple maybe the catches he had back then. Because it, they, back then offenses just didn't throw to tight ends. Yeah. So, that, I mean, Hobie was, a, Hobie was a heck of a tight end. Yeah. I, I specifically so- remember him. Yeah, and those were and those were great picks. All of those picks were great. Yeah, especially so they, Jackson. They, I mean, come so on. So they go in 80, 80, you know, eighty one. They're like four and twelve, and they, you know, but then eighty two, like chaos hits because Bum, he he trades away during the year. He trades away West Chandler. He tra- trades away Henry Childs, and he decides like. He doesn't like Archie for whatever reason, and look, Archie was in decline at that point. But 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 Bum's solution was, hey, Ken Stabler, who's a hundred years old and looks homeless and is just reeks of he just re- <laughs> Kenny Stabler just reeked of alcohol when he was in his twenties and good. And Bum was like, hey, Kenny, get down here. You can run my offense. He can pick it like he literally a quote in the Houdat in the the Houdat history book is Kenny Stabler can pick up my offense in a week because Bum's offense was. Three plays. It was like Tecmable. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so they traded Archie in the middle of '82, and and Dave Wilson gets hurt, so he doesn't even play. In '82, they're they're seven and nine. But but Mike, explain it to people. Like seven and nine, and they had a strike in '82, and they like split the season, so it was like first half, second half. So like going into '83, like you touched on a little bit before, like there was. There was real optimism because Bum had won, and you could see the young players. Like, there was real optimism. Like, 83, like, the Saints might be interesting or good. Yeah, they, I mean, you felt like even though they got rid of Archie that they were going to have a little bit of an offense. Uh, I I mean, Stabler, yeah, he was washed up, I guess, at that point. But you were like, well, he is Kenny Stabler. So you kind of had a little bit of optimism there as well. I mean, they, 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 they were just a, they were a team. Let, let me say it like this. They were a young team that appeared to be on a rise. They had a good, uh, I don't want to say good. I, they had a really, they had a good defense. Never mind. They had a good defense. So they were, they were looking like they and were going to do something. George Rogers rookie of the year. And granted, right. Bum ran him 400 times a year, but he was rookie Jesus. of the year, all pro. He ran for 1,600 yards. They were 4-5 and five in 82 because they had the strike, and they barely missed the playoffs. So they went in 83, and it was like, you know, you felt good about it. Um, 
You know, dude, they had. Let me let me stop you for a second. These are the people on the '83 defense, and I know you're going to talk yeah. more about this. You already said it. You had Ricky Jackson, Frank Warren, Johnny Poe, Jim Wilkes, uh, for for Derlin Moore, who was I thought a, a good nose tackle at that time. Bruce yeah. Clark, who who I thought was good. Tony Elliott, I I liked him. Yeah. You, so you he had wasn't doing coke. He was really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave Weimer, Jim. Dave, Dave Weimer was on that team. I, I thought Jim. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Kovac was a decent linebacker, nothing spectacular. Yeah. But my point is, they had they had a good, nice, little, solid defense coming together. Yeah, and they had it like... Uh, they had it like Bum wanted, you know. The thing was that was frustrating about 83 is the great quarterback draft, and the Saints traded away their number one pick for Bruce Clark, and they picked 13th in that draft. Like, they could have had anybody in the bottom half. You could have had Marino. You could have had Eason. You could have had Jim, you know. You could have had all these quarterbacks, and any of them would have been better than what they had, you know. Um, oh, but they yeah. go in. They That's go true. into '83, right? And by the way, you're drink. Mike always drinks Hennessy. I'm drinking Bud Light because uh, it's free and it's awesome. Uh, so, Mike, they go into '83 and the opening week, man. They play at home and they just. Oh, and by the way, we got Mike found some YouTube links. You can search. Tell him, Mike. You can search 1983 Saints and find all kinds of fun stuff on the YouTube's. Yeah, when we when we searched, man, it was 1983 New Orleans Saints. Just do that search. I found like four or five different games up there, including the. Yeah, they have like the old the Saints. They they have one if you search it. It's a it's a we'll get to it in the second part. It's the 1983. It's the uh the it's a newscast after a, the, a game they played on Monday night. Yeah, uh, so that's fun. It's like Ron Swoboda and Margaret Dubasson for all you old people that are know your your Nola. Uh, news legend. So the Saints, they start in, in the first game, and they play St. Louis, and um, St. Louis back then, this was back when they were the dregs. Like, they had been good in the 70s, but they uh, they weren't any good. So the Saints came out, and they put the wood to the Cardinals, man. I, I found some clips of this game, um, 
You know, Mike, this dead box. Saints, man, they completed seven passes. Seven. <laughs> Welcome to 1983, baby. <laughs> well, yeah, Ralph, you got to you... – you gotta put that caveat out there. I mean, again, and I don't know much people realize it, man. Back then, the the passing offense was nowhere near what it is today. I mean, literally, even good teams, it was nowhere near what it is today. Now, well, at the they, same they, time, seven, seven going seven for twelve for one hundred and twenty-one yards is is, <laughs> is, is, is is the shits. So, okay, yeah. I do admit, I do admit to that. But they did have two hundred and seventy-two rushing yards in that. Yeah, game. and the thing was, like the NFL, they changed the passing rules in the late seventies. To the kind of the pass interference, like think of it as the pass interference rules now, like you can't touch people, and it, we joke about it. Like in the late seventies, the NFL, they, that's when they first changed the rules, and they're like, "Hey, after five yards, you can't touch the receivers anymore because we need more passing and more scoring because that's why people watch." But you know, in '83, like it had only been in effect for like four years, so there were only a right. few teams that had like figured it out. You know, like San Diego had kind of figured it out. Bill Walsh was figuring out, but they didn't have all these like pass happy offenses. Like the Bum Phillips, let's just line up and fucking smash you in the face. Like that was still like standard operating procedure. Um, right. But it's just, it's just, it's just hysterical that the Saints, to me, that they're like, yeah, we're gonna run it forty times. <laughs> you know. Uh, 40 times, yes. 40 George, times for George, 272 yards. George Rogers, 24 carries, 206 yards with a long of 76 and two touchdowns. Old Hokey Gajon, 6 for 34. Wayne Wilson, he was a uh, bum era Saint, uh, more era Saints. He had 10 for 34. So they pound. I mean, and the Saints, like, up until, like, the Sean Payton, they were fucking dreadful in opening games. Like, for the longest time, they were, like, I think at one point they were, like, 5-22 and 22 or something in openers. I remember like, that. They like, were, like, four. Yeah, they had yeah. won four games in the first almost, like, 30 years yeah. of the franchise. Like, the Saints yeah, winning bad. the opener was, like, oh, shit, this is big news. So, the Saints, they win the opener. And then they they go to L.A. the next week, and, um, and this has been you know L.A. was um, L.A. This was Eric Dickerson uh, time, you know when when and so L.A. was basically kind of the mirror of the Saints at John Robertson. They're just like we don't even care about the quarterback, but this was a game, man, where like. It was back and forth and wild, and the Saints led ten to nothing. They led twenty to fourteen. Like it was, it was there to be got, and they just like um, couldn't get it. And uh, this is actually like I looked at the stat box and I found the highlights of this game. This is one of maybe this might you could argue might have been Kenny Stabler's best moment with the Saints. He was sixteen of thirty for two twenty and a touchdown and a pick. Like it might have been, it, his dude. Best. 
if you did, if you, you know how you can do inflation and the amount of money, amount of money that people make, like, you know, back <laughs> yeah. in like 1985, like if you made 30 grand a year, that's like 70 grand now. Well, yeah. like back then, 16 for 30 for 220, that's a 400 yard day for a quarterback. <laughs> it, it, it really is. I'm serious, man. Like people don't, I don't know if they realize, they look at those old stats and like, oh my God, these guys didn't do much. Now, now 220 yards was almost 400 back in 1983. Yeah passing so you're right this was like a hell of a game he threw one touchdown one pick but he didn't get sacked i don't think yeah this was a hell yeah. of a game by him yeah i mean the saints they 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 were winning 27 21 they took a safety but their defense couldn't hold their defense couldn't hold it and um i didn't have the box score and i couldn't find this game but uh the rams like you know it was just, it was just a, you know, it was just a, it was just a mess that game. The Saints actually, they, uh, they turned the ball over three times, and one of the Saints turned it over three times. The Ram turned it over five, and the Saints still couldn't win. Like, you know, to 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 be plus two in the turnover, Mike, and not win. No, and the thing was, this wasn't even okay. So I don't want to get ahead of us because we're going to get to that in, in, in part two or in game sixteen. But this was like once you see what happens in game sixteen, you look back at this and you go, "Well, you know, I can kind of understand that." As bad as it is that there were five turnovers and they still couldn't find a way to win, as bad as that is, the shit that takes place in game sixteen is ten times worse. Yeah, <laughs> it is. So the, we'll get the there. Bears, we'll get there. They played the Bears and the Dome. And, uh, by the way, the Saints were favored by three. The over-under in that game was 36.5 for you degenerate gamblers. Can you imagine a game fucking over-under 36.5? Shit, they blew that out the water. Jim Jim McMahon was the quarterback. So this is another game. Saints jump out ahead. Uh, Kenny Stabler is having another, uh, another decent, another decent game. 25 of 39, 279, but he threw three picks. Kenny Stabler threw a lot of picks. He threw nine touchdowns and 18 picks in 1983. The Saints even ran a fake uh, a fake punt with Russell Erksley. It was beautiful, he too. He he completed a pass. Russell Erksley was, it was great be- in that game. It, it was beautiful. I watched it. I just I, I literally watched the <laughs> game and uh, you know, rewatched it. And Erksley, he literally he threw a pass to Jeff Groth. That was was really really spectacular. I mean, it looked like it came from a quarterback. It, it was executed perfectly. <laughs> I, I I don't know the last time I've yeah. seen a. That was probably the last time I saw a fake punt run that well. That game, if you can find it on YouTube, it was there. I I, I tried to look at it today. It was blocked. But if you Google it and find it, like it's really it's a it's a wild fucking game and it sort of sums up like the mood of saints fans back then because the saints were notorious for like gagging it up in the fourth quarter like the 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 uh the uh the old joke about the the 1980 saints is what's the difference between the 19 the, what's the difference between the saints and a dollar well a dollar gives you four quarters you know like the saints Mike, they were notorious for, for choking it up, and they almost choked it up against the Bears. They were up 24 to 10 in the third, and it went to overtime, you know? 
They were they were rolling in this one, and they almost coughed this one up. They they that, gave up thir- they gave up three consecutive touchdowns. This this will this will <laughs> this is good, Mike, because this will remind Saints fans that that the more things change, the more things stay the same. I want to read this box score, and I'm <laughs> uh, Walter Payton, forty nine yard touchdown to make it twenty four seventeen. Willie Galt, fifty six yard touchdown pass from Walter mm-hmm. Payton. From Walter Payton to make it 24-24. Johnny Poe intercepted a pass. Ran it back 31 yards. Saints are up 31-24. Willie Galt, 21-yard pass late in the fourth quarter. Ties it at 31. But Morton saved the Saints and kicked the 41-yard field goal in overtime. And they won. And I know I know you younger fans are like, they're 2-1. and one. Whoop-de-doo. Man, Mike... When the Saints in the '80s were two and one, it was like we need to have a parade. I mean, it was dude. That was like dude, what? It, it like you think it like the Saints lead the news now in New Orleans, but like when they win and they're two and one, and 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 that leads the news. Like it's half the newscast celebrating two they and were, one. They were two and one, and they should have been three and zero oh at this point. But I'm gonna let you keep going because the next game is utterly ridiculous. Okay, all right. This game, if it but no, you're right, you're right, Rob. Back then, back then, I, I I missed something. Back then, it was like they won the Super Bowl, starting off two and one. This game probably was the Saints' best game of the year, maybe because they went they went to Dallas, and this was back Dallas. They they the 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 Landry Super Bowl winning was over. But Dallas was still really, really good, and they would go twelve and. F- this was a twelve and four Dallas team, and the right. Saints went in there, and they fell behind ten to nothing. So you know you're like, oh, they're two and two. Dallas, it's just a different. Cl- they're just in a different class than the Saints because that was back, Mike, where the NFL didn't have free agency, so you had to build slowly, and teams that got good would stay good for a long time, right? It's not, nowadays we're like, except, it's like you're in New England, right? You you don't stay good forever. You get your good players, you stay good for three or four years, they leave, they get old or whatever, you get capped out, and, and then you rebuild, and it right? Was, there, yeah, there was no cap back then, so you know, these teams drafted, they, they built these teams for years, they, you know, they could pay these players. It, it was just a different world you didn't have free agency like you have now totally different environment so the, the dallas even though they, the super bowl years were done they were still a damn good team like you said they went 12 and 4 yeah so the saints are down 10 nothing but they fought their ass back and morton anderson kicks a field goal it's 10 to 3 wayne wilson he gets a two-yard rush it's 10 to 10 and oh by the way the saints forced fucking six turnovers in this game you know, Dallas only had Dallas didn't even have a hundred yards passing in this game. The Saints forced six turnovers. They let in time of possession. They only the Saints had three turnovers themselves. We'll get to that in a second. So it's ten to ten. Dallas goes up thirteen to ten. It's thirteen thirteen. Saints go up twenty to thirteen and it's late. And they're about to kick a field goal to seal it. And make it twenty three thirteen with like four minutes to go or three and a half minutes to go and seal it. And it gets blocked, and Dallas runs it back, and you're like, "Oh shit!" But Dallas, they missed the fucking extra point. So the Saints so are it's still twenty up to nineteen. 20, Saints are up one with like a minute or so to go, and 
But the Saints end up backed up, like at the two-yard line. And, of course, this is where Kenny Stabler's just fucking ancient. And I, I, I watched this game, but the, 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 this is back where they didn't have the score bugs and they didn't have um, to tell you what down it was. So it's it, people, young people, you don't know how great we have it where, like, they tell you the down and distance and they have the little scoreboard ticker so you always know the down <laughs> and the time and everything. Man, in the 80s, you didn't get fucking none of that. They ran the score update, like, every 20 minutes. They didn't tell the, – the announcer might tell you the down if you were lucky. They didn't – like, the fucking yellow line to tell you how far to go, like, that was a – that might as well have been a fucking uh, pipe dream of, like, you know, like, like – That was that was alien technology It was. Then, <laughs> You know, you might as well have told people in 80, yeah, you're going to, they would believe you more likely that a cell phone was possible than like you could put a magical line on the TV and tell you where you need to get for the first game. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell the people are what back. happens to Stabler while they're up one point with, with like not much time left on the clock. He goes back to pass, which for Bum is like, Bum is the most conservative motherfucker that ever lived. Like, what are you doing? Throwing a pass with Kenny Stable at the back end zone. I know you need a first. I don't know the clock exactly, but it was less than a minute or so. And Kenny Stable got fucking sacked in the end zone. So the Saints, they lose 21 to 20. They were the first team. Mike, they might be the only team ever to be up one and lose by one. <laughs> Probably. I, now, here's, here's something that's important to remind you about this. This team only missed the playoffs by one win. So one win. These are two. There are two games now that we're that we're talking about. They let the Rams game slip away after being up, and they let the Cowboys game by uh, away by one point slipping yeah. up. So the, those are those are two wins right there. If you get one of those two, you're good. And the thing is, this is not the only heartbreak. But no, yes, no, we're, we're not even close to being up one. By, and loses but, by one. But here's the thing that, that really the, – the footage that I found on YouTube, I think it's gone now because it was bad. It was no audio. And you know how like that old videotape where it like it, – it looks like the wheel – it looks like the Price is Right wheel. Like the, the black stripe just goes over the footage. So that's what I was watching. <laughs> but this game, man, this is where the, the defense – all the young kids like Ricky Jackson and Wilkes, you know, these people that we talked about, Tony Elliott uh, – that front, they came to life, dude. They fucking sacked Danny White seven times. They murdered him. Like, he was 15 to 30. And I can, like, this is back in, like, I mean, I don't know what else to call the 1980s now when I watch him. Like, it's like prison rules on defense, man. If you want to fucking wreck that quarterback, you go ahead. Oh. We were talking. You know what's funny, Ralph? We were talking about that this week on on my show on, on Booking the Territory. We were talking about how the the different rules back then. Basically, let's say you're Mike Singletary, or you're not Singletary. You're Lawrence Taylor. You're Ricky Jackson. You're even Pat Swillen in the late '90s, late '80s. Back then, you can rush the quarterback. You could power bomb a motherfucker and knock him flat. <laughs> I was just gonna you say, could. man, they had a play where where uh, Tony Elliott power like just he did the play that Onyemata did against Tampa right. in the early in the year where they threw the flag on Onyemata because he kind of put his body weight on Fitz, Fitzpatrick. Dude, Jim Wilkes might have just said, I'm going from the top rope with the with the people's elbow. Like That's right. Yeah. 
They didn't you know? give two. Dude, they didn't care back then. They would pick quarterbacks up and literally power bomb them or suplex them, and then jump on top of them with an elbow. And the referee would be like, "All right, son, you can get up now. Get up, man. Keep on playing." There was <laughs> so so when you say they had that many sacks, they they beat his ass up with they, those sacks. Yeah, they, his rate they was thirty eight point three. So like, but Tony Dorsett had sixteen for one hundred twenty four. But like you you. You can't, you can't be up one at the end of the game and lose by one. You can't. That, that cannot happen, you know? Oh, I, and by the I way. Want, I, I wonder if that, like, seriously, that's got to be the only time in history that's happened. I mean, if that if if that happens now, Mike, I, I just think. Oh, my like, God. I, 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 like, I would do my Channel 4 live shot. I would just be, I'd be like, this better be on seven-second delay, Eric Paulson, because it's just going to be a stream of obscenities. <laughs> you would, if let's if I did that show with Eric in the mornings, I would be drunk, shit-faced, with the glass of Hennessy, and I would say, Eric, this shit better be on seven-second delay as I'm down in more liquor. Because as he's, as he's asking you the question, you'd be pouring. <laughs> It's like, what? can you, yes, can you, I'll be drinking straight out the bottle. Can you imagine Twitter, if Twitter was around back then? Oh my then? God. I mean. With that game? Like, it would be the lead on ESPN. You would break down the play. You, I mean, like, I would imagine if that happened today, like, Sean Payton, I mean, he would probably just come out in his press conference. He'd be wearing, like, the wife beater and have, like, a cigarette, and he'd be like, I fired my whole offensive staff. I fired myself. Like, like, the crazy thing is, though, like, as heartbreaking as that is, the Saints, they go to next week, and they play the Miami Dolphins. And this was a Miami Dolphins team that was also 12-4 and and would win the AFC East. And I did not realize this. This was one of the first appearances of Mr. Dan Marino because this is 1983, right? The big quarterback draft. They put in Marino, and uh, it was his first. I believe it's his. I, I believe on the broadcast because it's on YouTube. Um, it was his first touchdown that he threw. Uh, oh, I didn't. I didn't realize. I knew he played, but I didn't know it was his first TD. Yeah, I think. I think it was like like because David Woodley. Uh, started former LSU quarterback and Marino came in and was 12 of 22 for a touchdown but he also threw um, he also threw a pick uh, um, for Reggie Lewis who ran it back and the Saints got up 17 nothing they Tyrone Young tie in the sky which was like the really only decent receiver the Saints had because Lindsey Scott who they drafted he did he did more coke than Tony Montana from Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. <laughs> this was a game, though, man. They upset the Dolphins. This was pretty yeah. good, dude. They upset the they upset the Dolphins. They held the Dolphins to 244 yards. Um, you know, and it was just a game where, uh, you know, Kent. Well, I keep saying this. This probably is Kent Stabler, 12 of 18, 124, and one touchdown, 105 rating. Like at this point, like. Like bums, I'm gonna bring washed up Kenny Stabler. Like you feel like it's working at this point, and they're three and two, you know, and should be five and zero. Oh. Yeah, 
<laughs> Don't let that slip away. They they should yeah. be five and zero. Imagine if a, a team now they only had one turnover in this game, two turnovers in this game, yeah. dude. If this this is a team that's had five turnovers in two games, can you imagine if if we could get five turnovers in two games now back to back? Yeah, like, but the thing is, man, teams <laughs> in the seventies and in early eighties and even into the early nineties, teams are just reckless with the ball, man. And teams like, oh yeah, they, yeah, they it was did, different. They just didn't hold it against quarterbacks that threw picks. Like you, you, you can't really compare the errors that much. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like quarterbacks that threw eighteen touchdowns and sixteen picks. Like nowadays, we're like, get that motherfucker out of here. But in the seventies. Teams were like, well, you throw the ball, man. Bad stuff's going to happen. You know, it was third yeah. long. What you going to do? <laughs> right. That's you a know? different philosophy. Yeah. So the Saints, yeah. they go to Atlanta. And Atlanta had just fucking tormented the Saints. Like in the late 70s, with the, they hit Big Ben. Big they had Ben. An interference penalty. Like it was a nightmare. They go to Atlanta and... Morton Anderson hits a, th- a 35-yard field goal at the end, and the Saints win 1917. And um, the Saints are four and two. And like I remember as a kid, people were like, "Oh my God, the Saints are two games above 500." This is amazing. They've figured it out. Bum is a great hire. Like, I can remember the giddiness as a kid. Like, my parents would let me stay up and watch the news. And that's, like, one of my first, like, my first real memories of the Saints is, like, 83. Like, the excitement of it all. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I was the same way, man. This was the first year that I actually felt the excitement. I mean, we, we were getting to the point where we were old enough. I mean, by the time this season ended, I was eight. So I was to the point where... I I knew what was going on. I wasn't, you know, I mean, obviously I wasn't a teenager uh, like when we were in high school and I could, I really had an attachment, but this was the first year where I was like, the excitement was there. I'm eight. I feel like I have a, uh, I'm like, okay, this is my team. You know, back then we didn't have nothing else. I mean, the, the jazz were gone by then. Uh, There's yeah. no Pelicans around. I mean, you live for Saints football. I mean, which we do now anyway, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? This was, this LSU was literally was, the only LSU thing. LSU was in the transition. I think they had Stovall back then and they were, they hadn't gotten Orangeburger quite yet, um, so they were still kind of feeling it their way. So they they're they're five, they're four and two. They go to San Francisco and San Francisco, man, they just fucking they were they were that team was good. Um, you know that was a it was a ten and six team, but I mean that team like they were just like Bum Phillips was playing. Uh, in the Stone Age, and and Bill Walsh had electricity. You know, I mean, this was like the thing about that. This was uh, again. This is the first game that they really got outclassed. Like yeah. they were, and I mean the stats aren't that bad if you look at it. They, I think there was like yeah. only like a forty yard difference. But this was the first game where. The, you were, they 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 got it put on them. Now at the yeah, same time, yeah, and it was they, it was they the turned the ball. Was, over they got it put on them because they because because they turned the ball over and Bum got so upset he pulled Stabler, you know, and the Saints were win- The Saints were actually winning at halftime, thirteen to six, and it just death spiraled 
in the second half because they turn the ball over five times, you know? Yeah, you can't turn the ball over that many times. Yeah, you know, especially against San Francisco uh, and and Joe Montana. But but again, Joe Montana, 17-27, no touchdowns, interception. You know, Roger Craig had some rushing yards. I mean, like, the Saints' defense was coming together, and they ended up 12th in, in points allowed. So that defense was – that defense was – like, the it was there, like – and, and, that's what I, and see. I, that's what I was saying when we first started. I wasn't sure that their ranking points uh, points given up wise, but they were twelfth back then, and in, in a league of there were twenty eight teams back then. Yeah. So they were twelfth in a league of twenty eight. So a little better than half. Imagine if if we could pull that off today consistently. Twelfth. Oh my god. You know. And the thing is, people. You know, people. You think a bomb is like the, the his stick and his cowboy hat and his. Uh, his funny sayings and, you know, he can take his in and beat yours and take yours and beat his in, you know, and all his funny sayings and all that. But like Bum Phillips, like the pass rushing linebacker out of the three, four, like Bum Phillips in, in fucking invented that, you know, like that's his creation. Yeah. Basically. So like he had Ricky Jackson, a Hall of Fame linebacker, and he's just letting him run wild. I mean, they had up all these these young guys. So the Saints did four and three, but I mean, it's just so hard because if you're like under thirty, you don't really have a memory of these bad Saints seasons. And this is back in the Saints, they hadn't had a winning season ever. They hadn't made the playoffs. They had gone eight and eight one fucking time since nineteen sixty seven, you know? Um so like four and three was still something great, you know. It's like like Cleveland right now, as we record this, you'll you'll hear this in November, so it'll be later. But like Cleveland's just one, right, Mike? They're one, one and one. I got a Cleveland guy in my office. He's on cloud fucking nine. Well, like, I mean, he should be. You know, he's like we're <laughs> he one, one be. and one and have a quarterback. Like yeah, <laughs> like if you if you if you haven't really suffered for a long time. When you finally start to win and you don't really have expectations and it's just so much fun and that's what this team was. So they're four and three. They go to Tampa and this is back when Tampa had was awful in the seventies and of course they lost like twenty six in a row and beat the Saints and then they got good for a hot minute. And almost made the Super Bowl. But then they quickly went back to being fucking terrible. This is back when they had the gay pirate on the uniform, which I think is an awesome uniform with the cream sickle, the orange. The like, I love that. Great. I, I love that fucking uniform, Mike. They, I wish they. Yeah, they, they, back. they need to go. They need to go back. I, I, I love the, the Tampa creamsicle uniforms. They need to go yeah. back to that. That was a hell. The helmet, the, the, the pirate on it. Yeah, that was. I love that. I hate the new ones, even though they won the Super Bowl with the new ones. But and remember, and let's remind people, young Saints fans out there, uh, this is when the, the, the Tampa was in the uh, NFC. Central Division, and yes. the Saints were in the NFC West, so they weren't division rivals at that point. Tampa was 0-7 going into this game, and I found highlights of it, and I'm looking at this box score. I don't know how the fuck the Saints won this game. I'm going to read you this box score. James Wilder, touchdown Tampa, 7 nothing. Uh, Jeremiah Castilla, 69-yard interception return, 14 nothing Tampa. Kelvin Clark recovered a fumble in the end zone. Uh, Saints 14-7. 
Morton Anderson, 50-yard kick, 14-10. James Wilder, 7-yard touchdown, 21-10. Eugene Goodlow, 12-yard pass from Ken Stabler, 21-17. Bobby Johnson, 70-yard interception return in the third quarter, 24-21 Saints. And that's how it ended. Dude. That's three defensive TDs in this season already. Mike, listen to this listen to this stat line for Stabler. This is a fucking Oh, it's terrible. This is an abomination. It's terrible. Twelve to twenty-nine for ninety-four yards. Four interceptions. He was sacked four times. His rating was twenty-two. And the Saints won the game. Oh, by the way, Jack Thompson, who the quarterback for Tampa, who I've never fucking heard of in my, in my life, I won't lie, until I saw the highlights of the newscast that I found on YouTube. Saints sacked his ass seven times. So another another seven sack another performance. Another seven sack. Ralph, Ralph, Tampa had a total, had 141 yards of total offense. 141 yards of offense. We, we complained about the Saints, about how bad their offense was against Cleveland. When they they because they had 150 after three quarters, dude. The Saints in 1983 had 56 sacks. I might give a finger for the Saints to have 56 sacks in 2018. My God, like uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go further than that, man. I might. I could <laughs> donate a. a, a I can I, I cannot say a testicle. I'm a have one of those if I can get fifty six sacks out this yeah. out of so, a season. Jesus. So the Saints have been outscored, you know, but but mostly they just got outscored because they got hammered by San Francisco. Basically, they're five and three and they've played one, two, three, four, five one score games, you know, uh, right. And, you know, they really, they five and three, but they should be seven and one. Cause two of the games, like they, they get like, they just, the Ram game and the, and the, and the, and the, and the Dallas game, like they're like inexcusable. And I know you're thinking, well, it's just a bunch of toss up games. Those are always going to end up 50, 50 at the end of the year. But like, those were games they had control of, but but like five and three, you were like, oh my god, this is amazing, uh, dude. Five five if five and three today, it's like all right, well, you know, halfway point, you know, we're looking at ten and six. I guess that's fine. Back then, five and three, you may have wouldn't have been told us we were going undefeated at five and three, eight games <laughs> in. That's the that's the equivalent of it. You you looked at that as we're on our way to sixteen and zero. Yeah, like five and three was like holy. And I mean, you got to remember, the Saints are the worst organization in sport, arguably at this point. You're two years, you're two years removed. Uh, you're two years removed from 1980, where you were, you you had Buddy D invent the fucking bag. So like, yeah, you know, and you can see it on HBO, like inside the NFL, like they're going down there, they're doing features on the Saints. Like this was a big deal. Of like, you know, but it, it wasn't like it is now where like you get NFL coverage 24-7. Like back then, like it, it wasn't like that. So like the Saints were like a story of like bums doing it again. Like he went to Houston. Houston was a dumpster fire. He almost got them to the Super Bowl. And he's doing it again in New Orleans. Like it was a big deal. And it's the halfway point. I mean, the thing that's weird though is like the Saints still weren't selling out the Dome. 
as well, and we'll get to that in the second half of the year. But like, it was weird back then. Of like, I, I can't explain it, Mike. But like, like New Orleans, like. It's just they they love the team, but they they weren't filling the stadium, which was odd. Because I looked at those games, man, the stadium ain't fucking filled. No, it's not filled. Even the ones where it was filled, it was a it was a late, you know, uh, like walk ups and stuff filled it. I don't know. It was a weird time, man. Um, you know, you you had the when did the oil crisis start to hit? Uh, in eighty, yeah, in right around then. Yeah, I, I can't remember if it was around it, but I mean, so you had some other you had some other factors, too, that were affecting uh, incomes and stuff and, and the reason you couldn't fill a stadium. But you would figure, though, with the I don't know what a ticket was at, uh, in 83. I mean, I know what it was a little bit later in the 80s when I when finally started going. But, uh, yeah, you would figure they could they could fill it. Now, again, it's a little misleading. They they did eventually come close to packing it or technically yeah. sold out some, I think. But it was it was walk up. And back then, the issue, too, was you had to sell out 72 hours before kickoff for it to be televised. So, yeah. which, God, that was – I hated that rule back then. I mean, how many times did we listen to games on the radio as kids? Yeah, I mean, my, my youth is a lot of Jim Henderson on the radio, man. Like, one of my great memories is – I want to yeah. say it's 1985. The Saints beat the Rams 6 nothing and held Derek Dickerson to, like, 30 carries for, like, 60 yards. But so we're at the halfway point. Of the year. This is part one of 1983. Uh, drunk late. We're going to be, be back. And By the way, I forgot to promo because I was I drank too much before the start. Mike's on Booking <laughs> the Territory. Find him. His wrestling podcast is phenomenal. You can find him, Mike Mills, on Twitter or Booking the Territory on Twitter or on Facebook. All there. It's the best. It, literally, I don't like new wrestling. I listen to Booking the Territory because I like old school wrestling. You, there's not. I don't. There's not a better old school wrestling podcast and book in the territory believe me so find him there uh drunk lady uh take us out thanks to all of our saints happy hour listeners whose donations made drunk saints history possible until next time remember surviving saints history is hard that's why god made alcohol Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.